Today's story comes from Luke chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. It's also in Mark 2 and Matthew 9. It's the story of a man with four pretty incredible friends. Hope. Everyone needs some. Welcome to the In All podcast, a production of Mercy Street. These stories are from hope dealers at Houston, Texas, and everyday misfits found in the Bible. We hope you find your story and God's story of radical grace. Luke chapter 5, 18-20 Some men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a stretcher. They were looking for a way to get into the house and set him before Jesus. When they couldn't find a way in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof, removed some tiles, and let him down in the middle of everyone, right in front of Jesus. Impressed by their bold belief, Jesus said, Friend, I forgive your sins. Now this story is interesting, not only because it involves uh, a certain element of uh, destruction, better called Geico, to see what the uh, insurance claim would be for replacing the roof. (laughs) And what's focused on in this encounter is often the miracle of a man who was once paralyzed who can now walk. And make no mistake, this healing miracle is significant. Just one chapter earlier, Jesus was asked by those from his hometown of Nazareth, What would be the signs of the Messiah? How would they know that the Christ had come? And Jesus, reading from the scroll of Isaiah, said, The blind will see, the lame will walk, prisoners will go free, and the dead are raised to new life. And so this healing of a lame man who could now walk was a sign, is a sign of the Messiah, the anointed one. You know, Just a few months ago here at Mercy Street, we had a gentleman who stood up and celebrated that once he was blind and now he can see, literally. I mean, thanks to modern day medicine and cataract surgery, he was unable to see more than two or three feet in front of him and now he could see clearly, a miracle. A beautiful miracle was also seeing his friends who had driven him around town, who have guided him by the arm while he used a cane. It was seeing these friends who had let go of the old Alan were now welcoming the new Alan. And so that's what I want to focus on for today's story. Have you been in that role before, someone who has cared for another? And then once the individual found their healing or found their stability in life, it it left you maybe a little paralyzed for what to do next. Let's take a closer look at the story. This particular day began like each one before, the sun rising over the Sea of Galilee and Capernaum, a fishing village in a major city. It was where Jesus kept an apartment, a home in the Galilee region. And for this particular day, it began like any other. This man was dependent upon the generosity of his friends. Interestingly enough, the the name Capernaum literally means Kafir Nahum, which in Hebrew is the city of Nahum, which means the city of comforters. This man awoke like he had on any other morning. One of his friends showed up early to bathe and dress him for the day 
probably prepare a cup of tea and share a morning bread and a fig. Another friend would arrive to prop him up outside his studio apartment to observe the rest of the world walking by. That third friend would arrive later to prepare lunch, to talk about current events, to discuss prayers from the synagogue. And then a fourth friend, the overnight caregiver, who usually had little rest. These four friends had a rhythm to their day of caring, of being comforters, caregivers for another. Their days were consumed with caring for their neighbor. But on this particular day described in Luke chapter five, the world of these four caregivers was about to change, or better yet, the world inside them was about to change. You see, word had spread that Jesus had come back home. No sooner had he hung his cloak on the hallway rack and sat down and began to teach that people were filling Jesus' house. These four friends hear of Jesus' arrival and heard that Jesus could heal, and so they thought, why not? One of them was determined. One of them was hopeful. Maybe one of them was skeptical. And the fourth was just along for the ride. Regardless, together they formed this collective power of believing, of holding out hope for another who was hopeless. And so as Jesus was teaching, there was a disturbance. At first there was just a little bit of dust that began to fall from the roof, and then clunks of mud became, came crashing down, and then all of a sudden this man is lowered right into the crowd, right before Jesus. And Jesus heals him, not because of the man's faith, but Jesus heals him in response to these four friends, to their compassion, their care, the faith, the hope that they held on to on behalf of another. Have you been there, the role of a caregiver as parent or friend? Maybe you know what it's like to care for a loved one who is sick with cancer and you watch them endure infusion and chemo and radiation. You watch them endure treatments which seem to attack the body more than the cancer or maybe for your child who suffers physically or mentally from a disease and you've gone to more doctors than you can count, you've filed more insurance claims than your bank account can support. Maybe you've been through the painstaking process of taking a child to tutor after tutor, and then now here you are lowering them through the roof of the college dorm room to be on their own. Maybe you're the friend that's had someone in crisis. You take the late night calls, the emergency cups of coffee. You've carried them to prayer so many times you can't even count, and then all of a sudden their life it begins to get better. They're more stabilized. Their need for you not as great. Where and how do you fit into their life now? You see, there was an additional miracle that happened this day as those four friends practiced this spirituality of letting go, of surrendering someone they loved into the care and compassion of Jesus. Letting go is risky. 
Practicing faith and trust without a guarantee of the outcome is scary. And in letting go, something of our identity changes. For these four friends, they, their entire calendar had been built upon caring for their neighbor. And now here he was, walking, leaping, dancing. Their interior world as caregiver, provider, had changed, had shifted, and they had to let go of that identity and be invited into what Jesus was in, uh, encouraging them and inviting them to do next. And what was that? Well, we don't know exactly. We don't hear from this group of friends. We don't even have their names. What's interesting is this practice of letting go and surrendering. Jesus continues. Immediately after this story, Jesus goes and calls Matthew the tax collector. Another person he's inviting to let go of his identity and to join this ragtag community that would provide care and compassion for others. So who is someone in your life that you have been a caregiver to in the past? And maybe now it's changed. Like I said, it's the child who's all grown up. Your days are not consumed with sports practices. Now they feel a little bit empty. How can you let go of one identity in order to find the next place that Jesus is calling you? Some of you have lowered your loved one into the presence of Jesus. And you've had to practice that surrendering, the letting go of death and grief. And days feel uncertain and scary and risky and empty. Let me guarantee you, Jesus is also inviting you into the next chapter, the next part of your journey. For Jesus is the one who is always providing comfort, always filling in the gaps, always inviting us to take that next risky step. Thanks for listening. If this story inspired you, check out more In All Stories wherever you listen to podcasts. Know someone who needs hope? Share this podcast with them. This podcast is brought to you by Mercy Street, a church community in Houston, Texas. We create a safe harbor of hope and transformation so all may experience the radical grace of God. Go to www.mercystreet.org.